0: The History of Personal Computing History of History of, history of, of Personal Computing The History of Personal Computing Computing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. It's the History of Personal Computing eBay Edition podcast. Our calendar has apparently been a little messed up, uh, so with this show, we, we sh- but with this show, we should be back on a regular schedule. So we, I think we, we somehow just skipped a week. <laughs> I blame the super moon. Well, yeah. Um, anyway, it's our over the hill show, the fifty first episode, and um, I'm David, and here's Jeff. Hello, how's, how's it going?
1: Oh, yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> I just Me did too. It, uh, in, in, since the past show, I spent eight days. If I wasn't at work, I was at home remodeling another room.
0: Um, well, we were late on the last show, and I was in Dallas, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But um, so we were late. Did it on a Tuesday, so that was November first, and then now it's November the seventeenth. We're recording Thursday evening, so. Yeah, somehow we, we goofed
1: because no, <laughs> you're tired, we were, I'm tired. We were both busy and, and, uh, and I started my uh, – kind of no, like I started really that before the last show. I started my, uh, my current class in, in, in for, for my master's degree and uh, I'm still going through that. I actually had to learn, uh, once again, uh, Boolean logic hmm. at the hardware level. Something I haven't done since high school, really. I haven't really put a whole lot of time into it, working out problems using it.
0: And what's your um, master's degree in?
1: It is um, uh, we'll be information in. assurance and cybersecurity.
0: Okay. Well,
1: um,
0: moving well you, into our,
1: huh? you know what school's like, right? Don't ruin
0: it. Don't ruin it.
1: <laughs> don't ruin <laughs> it. Go
0: <laughs> ahead. You can tell your news first. All right. Let everybody know. So I guess last show, I because I, I was in Dallas training my first week for a new job. So that's my news. So now I just completed my second week, or I'm about to, of um, you know being in town, actually at my you know on my job, and man, it's busy. So um, yeah, I'm in IT support, and uh, this is probably the, the busiest I've been in a really long time. And it's a very big office through three floors and a high rise, and like pushing 300 people. Um so been oh, busy. So it's
1: kind of like that uh what is that british show uh, the i t the crowd IT crowd yeah is that, is, that, is that you down there in in, in the basement uh <laughs> yeah. with moss and
0: <laughs> yeah, well, except so I'm on the eleventh floor, so not too bad. got a nice <laughs> view, but um so now i have a and I have a commute again where before it was like twenty minutes to work, so now I'm actually taking the the Marta, which is the mass transit here in the Atlanta area. And and that was working out pretty good. The thing is, I live you know so far north of the city that I still have to drive. Like, I'm trying to think how much it, like it's like thirteen, fourteen miles to get to that most northern station. Then I ride it into the area of town I work in. It's called Buckhead. It's not quite to midtown or downtown Atlanta, but that that ride only takes like twelve, I think twelve, thirteen minutes. So That's great. And then coming home, I bypass a lot of terrible traffic. Um, so so that's working out good. But it's time, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm uh, just working a lot, you know, and, and uh, oh, and I worked a weekend. So I came back and this past weekend. We had a big project, and they acquired a company, and I worked twenty-two hours over Saturday and Sunday. Which, having been unemployed, that's good because that's all time and a half and extra money. But you know, so I'm just really tired. Oh, and then you brought up, yeah. So I am officially. Oh yeah, take that in when you can. So as of um, this past, what, am I confusing that? I hope not. Yeah, this past Tuesday. No, no, the last Tuesday. I think I'm getting confused. Anyway, it was a since the last for you wasn't it? Since the last show, I have become a, a student, you know, part time. But I am, so I'm so for the first time in a real long time. I'm a college student, but I, for the first time in my life, I am officially a college senior. I did not talk about this before, right? I don't think so. Oh, I don't think you did. So I am a college senior, and so I should graduate. Um, I think it's by the end of September next year. I will be a. I'll have, finally have a college degree bachelor have all your credits administration and, yeah so that's it so two classes you have
1: here. all the you have all the undergraduate core courses out oh, so yeah. you you have the well rounded part of the curriculum all taken care of so well you're left with business to to
0: get your build up your business acumen I've, uh, had, I've had those credits since uh before I went into the army in nineteen ninety. <laughs> you got him
1: out of the way. I mean, <laughs> physics doesn't change much. Uh, creative nah, writing nah. doesn't change much. Uh-uh. Although in the show notes, uh, you, you made a I made a made me? a mistake. You, you said, what? "Man, I tired."
0: <laughs> uh, oh yeah, like I'd see that right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, you uh, get marks taken off. That's kind of your funny, essays for that. So uh, well, it shows you how tired you really are. Um, so what's your current class? What do you What are you
0: learning now? Well, they're not going to sound too challenging, yeah. to be honest. But one of them is. Called uh, so it's a you know business major and these I think these are the two easiest ones to get started with but there's uh, one is called professional professionalism in the workplace and the other one is called leadership and um, okay. Yeah, I've had more classes, but, it, but um, I had a writing assignment due, which I I promptly isn't the right word, but uh, procrastinated and didn't finish it to the last minute. And so, I well, when was that due? Was it Thursday night? I have to yell to my wife. But anyway, I stayed up like at one, and I have to get up at like like five forty five in the morning now to get ready and you know and drive in and get the work on time and stuff. So. <laughs> So that killed me, but I, but I got a good grade. I'm I got is This AM. online, yeah, it's I'm sorry, online. Yes, I don't have to go to class physically, which is a great thing. Okay, that's because yeah, my assignments are always due by
1: midnight on Sunday night, yeah. and I usually start working on eight o'clock Sunday night.
0: Mine are due by midnight, um, but it's Central Time, so it's one a.m. for me. So that okay. so that kind of gives me an extra hour. But all good news, you know, tired in a good way job's going great uh i I like it like the people in the place um it's a very uh ritzy company so uh, anyway i won't go into all that but it's good as long as they keep you busy and you
1: like doing the work that's what counts yep and if they want to pay you overtime for so great take the overtime
0: and you know my my goal and my my hope is you know this time next year i have a bachelor's degree and you know i'm really seriously considering maybe going for a master's degree myself um but that should open up some job opportunities, and you know, I'm not going to rush out of where I, I'm now working. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, so, same here. My my
1: degree is going to be used for you know, whatever I can apply it to. You know, I, I can apply it at work. It's just uh, I have to figure out how I'm going to apply it. Other than that, it just I can just pr- you know practice what I learn.
0: Yeah. You know, now, Jeff, I just clicked on your news item here, and it says, and it's I hope out it of went stock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I was tossing around putting
1: that up there because I saw something about this only a couple weeks ago, but nobody said it was out of stock. But uh, I don't know. I, I, another reason why I picked this is because it could be uh, uh, something that m- we might see more of in the future with yeah. different platforms. Mm-hmm. basically this company was able to take the original schematics and redesign the motherboard so it fits it's basically it's commodore 64 mainboard or it's called the c64 reloaded and they basically rebuilt the commodore 64 mainboard um and modernized it a bit by having ZIF sockets to put in certain items uh, like ROM and and whatever i think ram is on board um they it'll fit into a bread box case and i think this company even sells new cases you know stylish cases which would be interesting to find out if old boards work in the new cases um the pricing on these things 160 euro which seems like a lot yeah um i'm kind of on the fence about what this is i mean i i don't know if i'd go buy it myself but it's a neat idea Um, maybe early adopters would start making these things worthwhile for other companies to develop you know plug-in boards or fit-in boards for like Cocoa computers or you know whatnot maybe somebody will redesign the Sinclair ZX81 and give it an HDMI output you know Mm -hmm. anything like that can happen but one thing I liked about this is uh, the ROMs are single EEPROM chips so your kernel ROM your basic ROM are on the same chip um, and it also, one of the hardware tricks of the Commodore 64 was the variable screen position where you know they can move the screen and that created special scrolling effects. And this hardware was designed with that in mind. So any games that use the, what they call VSP variable screen position will still work on this new board. So you're not losing certain functionality for something that's being made with, you know, modern design. One of the drawbacks is, well, it includes um, a replacement circuit. They say CSG8701 replacement circuit. I think that's for the video out. So they replaced the video out component, but you still need to supply a handful of chips of your own. You need to supply the processor. You need to supply your own VIC chip. Uh, You have to supply the PLA chip. Hmm. And even some aftermarket, I think, Super PLA or real PLA chips. Uh, It doesn't come with a SID chip. Nothing emulates a SID chip 100%. So you need a SID chip for this. And, of course, case and keyboard. But it only needs one 12-volt DC power supply. It doesn't require a brick power supply like the original Commodore 64 has with the multiple voltages. This will work with a single 12-volt DC power supply.
0: And I see that. that's a nice design bonus. Well, in their news area, I see. Um, and You know, you can click at the bottom and change it to English, if you because if you come into it in German, um, it says there's news. Did C- it come in in German? Yeah, when I clicked on it, it's German. But just go to the bottom and you can you can switch to English, and it um, so it says new C64 cases for Christmas 2016. After a pause of several years, fans of classic computers worldwide can look forward to a series of Commodore PCs. So. But they're they're not making this and like they don't have like a true license from anybody, I guess, right? No, I guess not. They're just
1: uh, taking the schematics and designing stuff or redesigning their own
0: cases. Oh, I like the picture. Uh, I like the if you scroll down, the picture of the it's like the C sixty four case that's two tone and stuff. That's really sharp. That would be neat. Yeah. Oh, and they
1: they make other uh, the six eight oh thirty accelerator card for the Amiga twelve hundred.
0: Well, that might be nice. And their uh, their contact is press at commodorecorp dot com. So I if they bought the, individual computers. That name sounds familiar. I didn't.
1: Is this a company that bought the rights? Maybe.
0: Or maybe oh, they're just reporting been keeping up on, on, on it. this. Apparently, let's see. I'm going to go there. Commodorecorp dot com. Well, they have a shop, so they sell stuff. The uh... oh, so here's uh oh yeah. If you so, they were, that news article is talking about. Oh, this is from like 2013. I may so C64 Reloaded is that old? No, but this is like Commodore. The company the company holds all trademarks and registrations worldwide. It's a company in the Netherlands. Okay, so that's like old news. But it seems
1: I, like everything I click on sends me to the German version. Oh, this is interesting. I don't know if they're making anything. They sell a USB board for the Amiga it's a USB stack for the Amiga now does it only work in certain ones or does it work on Yeah, a USB stack installed MUI magic user interface free download free clock ports 2.5 meg free RAM uh, free fast mem. but we're off oh, the rails that's- yeah, we've went off the rails, but I I gotta look around a little bit more. It seems like this this place is just trying to gather new tech for these older computers,
0: and that that's certainly nice. And if someone does own the official Commodore rights, is that they're not doing anything with it? So the heck with them until they do something worthwhile. I don't, I don't know if there's is anything to do with it. Here it is,
1: the accelerator board, two hundred and forty euro for an 030 40 megahertz. That's actually better than some of the other ones you see going for uh, going used on eBay. And this is brand new. Might have to look at that sometime for my 1200.
0: So, anyhow, so we went a, off the rails, but If you're a new listener to this show, we are a podcast and that we where we take an informal look at personal computing history through the lens of eBay auctions. So it's sort of like Antiques Roadshow, but all about antique personal computers. And so today we'll be further covering the personal digital assistant, or PDA, with the Apple Newton clones or killers, and uh, really only one <laughs> primarily. But we'll t- yeah. talk about it a little bit more anyway. The the Casio Zoomer and the Amstrad Pen Pad. So tell us more about the K- or the Casio. What am I saying? Zoomer, Jeff. Yeah, yeah you
1: you pick some very obscure uh, devices here. The the, the, the Casio Zoomer is very hard to find information on. Well, I think I only found one item on eBay, and for that, I had to find its retail counterpart, the Tandy oh, z yeah. Yeah. So this, But the they Casio are the same z- thing. And the Tandy Z-PDA. Well, Tandy's... Radio Shack has been doing that a lot. They they would take Casio calculators, put Radio Shack or mm-hmm. Tandy name on it, call it their own, so right. they license the stuff. Anyway, uh, this the Zoomer and the Tandy Z-PDA is another in a series of personal digital assistants uh, back in the days of the Newton and rebranded by at least one other technology company, Radio Shack. Um, An early device in the PDA category, the Zoomer was a pen-based PDA that used the Pen Geos operating system. Uh, The most common, unless there are any other models uh, of of the Zoomer, uh, of the Casio line, was the Z7000. Its style predates the original Palm Pilot PDA, but you know, with similar functional presentation, uh, it used to build an operating system to run applications, just like Palm OS was. And it contains a uh, personal information manager, a calendar, calculator, all the all the information stuff, Pocket Quicken,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: even a text translator which covered fifteen languages. And I think that part of it was what the bonus was. It
0: had a lot of good that. features. It really did compete well in that sense.
1: Um, like the Apple Newton before it, though, the handwriting recognition was built in, but it was a feature that was about as useful and accurate as it was on the Newton. So, you know, Casio didn't make handwriting recognition a major selling point. Um, but it had an entry cost of $900 or $899.95. In it, and I guess they justified it on their part by the technical innovations of the day and the fact that it ran a form of Geos and it ran on an Intel 8088 CPU.
0: Now, I have a, um, and that's out of Wikipedia, of course, the source of all knowledge. And, and um, also, I got information off
1: of Candy oh, uh, oh, other... Radio Shack Facts Back about the T, uh, ZPDA
0: version. Uh, okay. So it's from the, the links that will be in the show notes, some of those?
1: Yes. Wow. Uh, it, other specifications it had 1 mega RAM, mm. uh, 4 mega ROM, and it had a few other items, um, world time clocks, uh, online help that just popped up and it had America online all ready to go. If you had the account and you can get it hooked up, uh, you had America online ready to go with it.
0: Well, as we spoke about the Apple Newton, um, was that the last show? I think it yes. was right that, um, you know, it got hammered about the handwriting recognition, you know, Newton OS 1.0, <laughs> but actually it was a joke. A- Apple, Apple really did a good job and, um, they actually did a lot to, you know, the fix that, and it worked way, so much better, 2.0, and maybe, I don't remember exactly, 1.4 or something going up. But, you know, after they revised it and they they fixed it fairly quickly in its lifespan, it, it actually worked pretty well, all things considered. But it was just the damage was done it got hammered. But I'm going to take um, to task a little bit what this says, something about, um, what did it say? What the link that's there? Yeah, the, no, just that the most the thing about like the Zoomers handwriting recognition. Well, here's some trivia: is um, Palm's very first product was a software product, and it was called Graffiti, which of course they built into the Palm Pilot, but it was yeah. made for the Casio Zoomer and the Tandy ZPDA. But I think you had to buy it, so I'm, yeah, I'm and, a product. So they sold that, and that well, they like yeah they gave
1: three Com the idea: hey, we're going to do this ourselves.
0: We well, 3Com well, bought, bought the Palm Pilot. You know, bought, it, bought it from Palm. Was it 3Com first, then or, Palm? Or uh, US I Robotics. Saw Palm. US Robotics, that's yeah. it. Okay. So, um, but yeah, that was Palm's first product was the... Uh, the. Uh, I see, I'm tired going blank. What did I just say? <laughs> graffiti. But, yep. So, all right, well, anyway. So And graffiti so, worked well. I love graffiti. Once you got a handle on it, you could, it worked really good. So a little bit about the um, the Amstrad pin pad, it was also an early portable personal digital assistant so uh, you know because the, the the Newton was being advertised and stuff well before it came out and then so other companies I think geared up they really I think most people saw that as being the, the third tier of personal computing, which ultimately sort of became that later on. but this was you know it was going to be a big marketplace for this and so, so they came out with their own sort of Newton Competition called the Pen Pad, uh, and it was a personal digital assistant. It had uh, handwriting pen input, and, uh, and it was a competitor. And it was a attempt, a attempt by Amstrad, a UK electronics firm, with a history of successful involvement in personal computing, to corner the handheld market in the UK and Europe. Yeah, because you you didn't see very many of these in the United States. Because I know in '94, when I first really started collecting, I wanted to try to get a hold of one. I couldn't. Yeah, um, Pen Pad
1: was a very popular name for many different pen-based products. As I've discovered looking on
0: eBay. So, a silk screened border and applications show a six ring binder system. The rings, when interfa- interacted with, caused the current page to be unclipped from the application and drawn at a smaller scale on the display. From here, the page can be dragged off the display to be deleted, or the rings can be tapped again to clip the page back into the application. The device was bulky when compared with modern PDAs, but it was very, of course, it was about the same as its competition at the time, but it was very functional with the standard PIM and offered expansion. It featured a calendar, address book, to-do list, jot pad, world time, multiple alarms, calculator, and unit conversion on the ROM. It had a memory capacity of 128K, or kilobytes kilo yeah, bytes a monochrome LCD display a folding hinged cover that protected the screen when not in use a PC MCIA slot type 1 slot for expansion of two megabytes as well as a serial port to link to a PC and another bit of trivia because I have owned two of these over the years and in both cases I ultimately had to get rid of them and not because they didn't work anymore but because they had this uh, rubber cases Oh, that like shark skin case uh, and they well no they were smooth and then they they would just they deteriorated where they were completely tacky, sticky, like they like they decomposed. Yeah, that kind of rubber did. That's that's right. And, and, and to it a would point get... where you couldn't handle it, stick it in anything, clean it. It's like handling a warm chocolate bar, right? Yeah, it was like <laughs> it was terrible. I mean, so ultimately, I, I don't think I threw them. I mean, I had one and it did that and I got another one that ended up doing that, but um yeah, I think I ultimately threw them out, which I feel bad about saying that, but I didn't know what else to do
1: about it. Yeah, I had a an Audiovox MP3 player that I won a long time ago, when Google was actually giving you points to surf the net, and I earned enough points to get this free MP3 player back in the early 2000s, mm-hmm. and it had a rubber cover for the charger port. Well, I put that in a drawer after so many years and then years after that i pulled out of the drawer to and that, something that whole rubber thing it just it just it dissolved oh, so it was yeah. all sticky it, i mean it's like it's we- like playing with like black ink that's really thick you know um, it's it just stuck to everything you can wash it off i mean it'll come off with mild
0: solvent or alcohol or something like that but it just converted to goo and i think um that must be a problem with the—is it called vulcanization? Because that's that was the big breakthrough which made rubber products possible. Goodyear, right, developed that because rubber is yeah, sticky and gooey and stuff, and they were able to. Yeah, some it. some chemical that
1: they probably used to cheaply produce it broke down, and then you know, hopefully, that process has been resolved, fixed, or thrown away and completely
0: redone so what we both interestingly discovered tonight in uh mid-november 2016 is between new auctions and i think generally you can search at least 30 days or if not 90 or whatever but we couldn't find one of those either they
1: all melted away (laughs) or or nobody wants to get rid of theirs but if you do a search on youtube you can find or somebody might have thrown those away who knows i'm sure there's somebody out there that throw them
0: away but we'll get to it when we get to it. But we both found <laughs> a couple of other good alternatives. Yeah, this show is going to be more. and other. I think I think we've mentioned that in the
1: last one. We we might cover some other obscure PDAs while we're yeah, at the,
0: it. Yeah, and this is actually a good ones. The one you found and the one I found are related to each other, and they definitely are completely in the right time frame. And the, you know, we should just actually we should, probably should have just mentioned that and maybe read a little uh, Wikipedia about them. But that's okay. We'll we'll speak a little bit about it. So okay, so, so take it away with your first find.
1: my first find for some reason before had um let's find it oh there's no had pictures, images right? yeah, it had images when I first found it, so what happened uh, maybe they um, took them away oh and since the time oh, that it
0: I, ended the auction ended,
1: so maybe they oh okay was this this is a a current one no this was
0: oh this ended is, september wow. twenty first like two
1: months ago, yeah. Well oh, got wouldn't a good that deal be on some this? great timing? Yeah, Tandy ZPDA, PDA, no charger, stylus, or oh, accessories. Wow. Uh does not power on. <laughs> it no, no it does power on but does not go past the screen shown.
0: That's
1: not uh, good. No, sold as parts repair. Well, that's one way to just say, you know, I'm done with it, just buy it from me. Um they do the best to describe everything accurately. Okay, so they don't have much detail on it. Uh 25 bucks i mean i guess if you can make it work uh it's a 25 dollars paperweight other otherwise just you know ephemera um in, in
0: in hardware i mean if you wanted to have a static display of handhelds it'd be fine for that something like this yes so. yes if you want to line your walkway
1: with this and then encase it in clear plastic and that would work too
0: or put it on a podium in your living room with a big I mean, magnifying glass.
1: That's it. You know, cover it with superconducting material and let it float. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I swear that had a picture on it. Okay. But anyway, you found something.
0: Let's see. What's my all right? So that moving we were along. Talking about. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, the, so I did find a Casio a Zoomer, which is they're the same thing, and I've had both of these. Uh, I don't think I have either one. Okay, though. so now we know what it looks like. It just yeah. Just so if you look at my auction, and handy. this one's in the box, and it's got some some pretty good pictures. This is a live auction too, so it's forty five dollars. Buy it now, pretty good deal. Or, or make offer shipping. if you want to. Uh, uh, yeah. So let's look through the pictures a little bit. It's in the
1: box. It certainly looks like a Palm Pilot. Yep. Bigger. Just bigger. Yeah. Up. Well, bigger better, right?
0: Bigger but is better. Um, let's see what it says. Casio Z7000 PDA complete with PDA. Hmm. Used. User guide. Brand new. Never used. Original box including all the inside packaging. Box in very used department condition. Department. Look, I bought this way back when for $750. I can't get the unit to power up. Sold as is. No refunds. No returns. Uh, uh, so if you zoom in on the battery, I wonder if there's any... It looks clean. I'm wondering if the, the LCD display went bad.
1: If it has a similar kind of uh, touch screen display at the time, they had... Uh, it's almost like a plastic overlay yeah. over top of the the LCD, and then in between was sandwiched just I think it was like a, actually an oil in there or some kind of uh, medium in there. Ah. Uh, and I know sometimes the digitizer goes bad if that stuff disappears, leaks out, evaporates, whatever the case is. Um, but uh, the displays can go out for any reason. I mean, this, this is early technology. It, the electronics probably just did not
0: survive or just went bad. Well, the guy's not giving a lot of detail just that I can't get the unit. So he's saying I can't get the unit to power up. So you don't even know if the display, I bet you, I bet you it's just, it's probably not displayed. Whether it's the, if the backup battery. Something is, like that uh, is keeping it from powering on. Yeah. I mean, it is clean if somebody's willing to take he, a chance. Yeah, if he's had it all this time, it I, anyway hey one thing I noticed if you look at the front of the box it's got four logos on the bottom Palm Intuit Geoworks and America Online and uh, and it shows like someone writing so, so it must have come with um, the graffiti since that was their first product for this so I guess it actually came with it they, they oh that's s- the old Palm logo too they sold palm. it too yeah look it's a Palm it's very simple who knew that they would end up because they were a big company I mean, they, you know, were really big there for a while. It's it's sort of something. It's sort of like they were the BlackBerry of uh, hand, you know, handhelds, yes. and then and then they got stomped on, and then of course BlackBerry sort of the same thing happened. Oh, by the way, I noticed on the Amazon, I was getting an audio book. There's a there's a book about BlackBerry out now. Just to throw that out there, because I, I I'm thinking about maybe checking it out about because the rise and fall of BlackBerry. That might be interesting. So, uh,
1: yeah, for historians, that would be a perfect thing. You know, those who like to keep up on, well, you know, BlackBerry is going to become vintage after a while. You know, maybe not you know, too long.
0: So take it away to uh, something. Yeah, this, I actually own one of these. You did own one. Okay. I do. Yeah. I have one uh, now that works. All right. I
1: don't. It seemed familiar to me. Hang on, let me open this link. Uh, I'm still working with this new video card and where all my windows end up. Um, open link. There we go. Uh, I thought we talked about this before. I don't remember if we did a show on this. I was too lazy to go back and look. I don't look.
0: think so because it, 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 would, it's, it falls in perfectly. So basically... But the this, General Magic brand, I don't remember that. Well, and, and I'll, I'll tell you, I don't know a ton about it. But I'll tell you a little bit about that. Basically, this... Uh, we're talking ninety-three, ninety four time frame here day here for the ATT EO and then the Apple Newton and then the Casio here in Pinpad. If off the top of my head I think this device and then the one I found, which also uses the magic cap operating system by General Magic, is like ninety five time frame. So it's okay. all so this is perfect, right? And what we're thinking. And basically General Magic, the company um, was uh, Two guys from at least two guys from Apple, Bill Atkinson and Andy Hertzfeld, who were part. Oh, really, of Andy old,
1: was part of this. Okay. Uh, yeah,
0: part of the original Macintosh development team, and they went on to uh, create the uh, Magic Cap operating system by General Magic. Okay, you heard it from
1: the expert. Um, <laughs> I never heard of the Data Rover 840, but it's a neat little design. It kind of kind of looks like about the size of a Sega Game Gear. Uh huh. In shape and format, it's going to yeah. Nifty little it's cover. Slightly
0: bigger, maybe. But bigger, now the guy yeah.
1: says he doesn't have the power supply to get it to work. Did these things use batteries, or I mean, did it use uh, custom batteries?
0: Like yeah, a, it used a rechargeable battery. Okay, so that could be twelve but, volt. But you DC can find a generic two um, volts battery. Sony twelve volt, two amp. Off the top of my head, it just has to be the right plug.
1: Okay, so it's probably a barrel connector. It's it's hard yeah. to see. Here. Can't see. where They must go on the side, which they don't show a picture of the side. But hey,
0: this has its stylus. So do I have mine right around here? Let's. What the heck? Let's see. see, because I know I just had them. I, I just had it out. Well, I'm, here I'm saying them. I actually have two of them. You hoarder. I, I have two. Yeah, I don't have <laughs> two of many things. I don't know why I ended up with two of them, but and they're both. They were both pretty much new old stock. You could have I, three for another fifty dollars. And I don't. I don't see them. But yeah, mine are very clean and work well.
1: Uh, this one apparently has some marks on it, but it's got the, the leatherette case for it. So, and so how does it get marks on
0: it? And these are look. backlit, which is really nice.
1: Are they? Okay. Yeah, that would be nice. So they are they like, um, like the, the Palm pilot, the greenish look yep. or it's, like, it is like yeah. that. Okay. Cause and the other thing I was thinking of is like the, the, the TFT or the, uh, no, what do they call those? The, uh, um, the older blue, um, LCD screens that they had on some laptops, Um, thin film. No, yeah,
0: I don't. I forget.
1: I forget terminology. I know TFT was better, Um, or no, active matrix was better. Anyway, going off the rails again. Uh, Yeah, this is any. If it was a little bit less, I'd probably get it for my collection. But at fifty bucks, eh? I don't know. Maybe, not not for me for fifty bucks if it was twenty i'd I'd probably say buy it now right now and he doesn't even have a make offer so oh well I'll do without it
0: and I'm not sure who data rover was but um wasn't that the brand of the uh, yeah of this unit here but I'm not you know anyway very interesting very unique uh device and so moving moving along though so I'll tell you about um you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna actually skip this one and come back to it. You know what? Microsoft research.microsoft.com
1: has a page that shows the Data Rover eight forty and its display. So I'm gonna add that link here. It's from their Buxton collection, so I guess they have uh some online like museum type research. So I'm gonna go ahead and add that to this okay. document here. So I'll just put it down there.
0: Oh, you know what? I made a I made a mistake here, but I'm going to go ahead and go with it. Let me just get something going. Oh, here we go. Um, Sony Magic Link. Okay. That's not what I... All right. Sorry. I know we're just talking blah, blah, blah. Let me just do a quick search on eBay and see if this comes up, though. Because, um, whoops... You want to change one of your auctions no i 'm not I just want to mention it because I was kind of confused. I was thinking that what I found was this, of course it 's not, and I just want to see is there any so no nothing coming up on uh, let 's look at complete listings so Sony made a project called this a product called the Sony Magic Link, and it also ran the magic cap operating system and i 've had one before and if you do a search like just on Google, you can see what it looks like, and it 's similar, a little bit more curvy in the in its case. And those are the two main products. And actually the, the Sony product magic link was, I think the, not that they sold a lot of them, but it was a more common one than this data view. I never it used the geos. Is that what it was? No, it used the uh, magic no. cap. Um, oh, okay. I'm sorry. By yeah. General magic. And, uh, which was an interesting little operating system. Cause it gives you like, uh, the main screen is like, uh, like you're looking at an office with a desk and things on the wall and then you sort of move through the office
1: like the Commodore 64 magic desk cartridge
0: yeah sort of like that and there's also on uh, another really obscure one which is really interesting though it's on a Packard Bell computer in the Windows 3.1 95 days and it was called the Navigator and it had like like a virtual house that represented the things you did in your computer like you'd go like that. Microsoft Bob right <laughs> yeah it's very similar to that and uh, anyway alright so so that is not what I found and so I was confused. But in any case those are pretty neat too. Unfortunately, not on eBay. And but what I did find on eBay is the Motorola Marco vintage PDA wireless Communicator. Oh wait a minute. Did we miss something? Or well, we I'm just, just jumping ahead? over to this one. Oh, okay, okay. Just, right, right, because that's fine. I, I was thinking so this is a live auction. It's two hundred dollars buy it now or make a make an offer. This actually runs the Newton operating system. So this is one of the few other products where Apple licensed the Newton OS to another company. And this thing is very bulky. And it um, and actually Troubles. it look, it has like a door that opens do you see that the screens on the right yeah but that whole other side is like a battery and other electronics so it would last a long time Wow okay and very rugged but one thing that this could do unlike the Newton is um, it had it had a, it was a cellular phone too so you could, <laughs> okay. so you could get like a headset for it and an antenna or whatever and and then in some respects you could almost argue this is one of the earlier you know smartphones with the Motorola, yeah. But you can see at the bottom, it's got the, um, you know, like a Newton. I mean, it is a Newton. It's got the Newton logo in the bottom right, and it's got the little uh, toolbar, I guess you'd call it, in the screen. Yep. And of course, the Motorola had a relationship with Apple because they were making the PowerPC processors at the time. So that's probably how they negotiated rights you know, to do this. But... Uh, get on the operating system. Is it worth $200? Eh. What does it say? Um hmm. I would at least- OS it- as is not including cables it was tested as working a year ago yeah.
1: it, <laughs> so why do you test it now it was running when it was parked
0: it's like saying a car was running when it was parked and this person <laughs> has 374 100% feedback really you're going to sell it and not just pop some batteries in there and see if it this works this makes you wonder okay
1: it was tested and working a year ago so did he have the cables and accessories then and
0: does it oh look if you look closely at it it does have the antenna do you see that
1: yeah, it's sort does of... you see it like,
0: folded up when you look at the bottom view? Yep. Uh, but, like, does it have a stylus? It's, it's dumb. Why would you list it like that and not... Anyway. Pretty interesting, though. I don't think it's worth 200 bucks. It's a little too obscure, though. It is pretty kind of cool. And I used to have one. I've... I know it sounds... I've, like, had everything over the years. Um... Well, you collected a lot of that stuff. Yeah. All right. So you take it away. So
1: go up. back up. Yes, yeah, so you got the Texas mine. Instruments one. And I picked this because I couldn't find the one that I wanted to pick. Uh this oh, that's is interesting. This is a different See, I have something similar to this. I have a day runner that's similar to this. Uh-huh. It's very thin. It works on a couple uh, uh CR2032 batteries or is it 2025s? I forget. But anyway, I have wow. This is a smaller version of what I have. I have one. I, I bought it at a, a store called Bozcos. It's in the Northeast. Um, and it's sort of a general department store, kind of like Bonton or or Macy's. And it, it was a PDA. Um, mine has a few more extra features and a, a larger display, but it's a similar style. It's really thin uh, membrane touchpad has a calculator calendar and all that stuff where mine has a, a display. It's probably three times as tall as this one, about as wide, similar form, probably bigger. And it sits inside a larger, uh, leatherette case that would accept those day runner paper inserts. Remember when those were big, mm-hmm. you can buy like a whole, you can buy uh, these packs of day runner pages and it would, uh, yeah. you know, you put it into your folio. Well, mine has the folio and the, the Day Runner electronic version. This is just the Day Runner electronic PDA. But I I, I got to dig mine out. Maybe put some pictures of it. But it's very similar in, in nature. Uh, but mine does a whole lot more and has a bigger display.
0: Well, I was trying to find like maybe what year it's from. It's from like the early '90s sometime, right? Yeah, mine was.
1: I got mine back in like '90s.
0: 4, I think. 20, oh, wait, here it is. Here's a website called uh, datamath.org. Is the, and here it is, Nineteen ninety. Oh, yeah, the, the big calculator website. Yep, so 1993, they have all the stats on it. Had two kilobytes of RAM. Now, let's see what other ones they have here. They might have the one. I like it. It's uh, a cool-looking little calculator. I like that.
1: It is. Now, I'm going to see if they have... Let's see, it was made by...
0: Eight dollars byte now free shipping, you know? You should get it. Don't, see I have the, the, the big brother of it.
1: I'm trying to see if I can find the um, see, Texas Instruments Pocket Solutions, I guess it would fall under. I I'm looking at their website real quick to see if I can find the version that I have which I have seen on eBay already but it hasn't been in the last 90 days which is why they don't show it. Oh, well, maybe they don't have it. Maybe I have something they don't have. Oh wait, here it is. The PS9500 Time Runner. That's it. It's called the Time Runner. It's a day runner Time Runner. I'll I'll, I'll send you the link here so you can see it. Uh, or if, yeah hang on uh, copy link huh? and I'll just I'll put it in the page here below the other one I just added earlier so, yeah, so I'm going to jump back up to okay so this is my next so, one. now I just pasted it in for you to look at and Okay, that's the one I have and it actually comes in a um, oh, a yeah. day runner portfolio yeah but that's it, nice it has more features and what a cool design display it is. And it's very thin too.
0: 1993. That's crazy.
1: Oh, you can see on the right hand side, the box that it came in and the, and the day runner case it's in. So yeah, I have, I have that. Yeah. Almost, almost sold it to, um, um, Evan Koblenz when he was collecting all sorts of PDAs, but he got rid of his collection. I almost sold it to him, but I was on the fence. It's like, it's so unique. I want it for myself, but yeah, it's very thin design and mine came in a box just like the one pictured here, but yeah, it it was a day runner portfolio, so you could buy those day runner pages and insert them into the portfolio, but then you had the electronic version. It would take notes and stuff. It was, it was really nice.
0: Neat. There's calculator collectors out there. So I think those are those, and those these things are inexpensive. So there's an area of collecting that you can get into cheap. Yeah, the '90s is a lot of those where they started taking this kind of technology
1: and started making it cheaper and cheaper, and then they just become commodities. Yeah, you know, it's like back back when calculators used to come with huge instructions instruction books, and now you you buy them on a shelf hanging in the two dollar
0: mm-hmm. uh, hook at the local convenience store and also their um things like this are being just trashed and trashed and trashed because they're not considered, you know, keepers or collectibles yet by most people
1: exactly. or worth
0: keeping. So All right, so jumping back into it. So my next one is so I, I found a, a Tandy PDA Zoomer, a personal digital assistant. This one's a live auction. $75 buy it now or you can make an offer. Um yeah, good seller here coming out of North Hills, California, some good pictures. And see this person's showing it. You can see the person's reflection in the in the screen. <laughs> so this person is uh well you know, got got some good pictures here. Let's see. What he says. Had for some time, hardly ever used it. Great for meeting or just to jog memos. Comes with a case and has original styles. Stylus, stylists I mean, guess I mean. The inside cover legend oh. is a little tacky yeah it's in it really wasn't bad taste (laughs) (laughs) maybe it's inside cover though because i thought that was kind of oh you know what i mean i think they mean the the case glue No, no. if you look it's got the um well maybe it's got the case cover yep because I, i i seem to remember the case the cover is
1: sort of just like plastic Maybe it's breaking down, or it had a sticker on it that came off, but the the goo was left behind. He also indicates that the on-off button sometimes acts up, and you have to play with it to turn it on. Oh, boy. I'm not touching it. It it might need service, too, it says.
0: (laughs) trying to rip us off.
1: (laughs) That's what the... uh... Oh, are you looking at the same...
0: Uh Uh-huh, yeah.
1: uh, ...list of uh, people who viewed this item also have have an NEC-NTT-Docomo-Sigmaron-Zero-Halliburton. Yep. What is this some politically-driven uh, description? Oh, that's a Windows CE device. We're not there yet. Oh, boy. There's billions of variations of those out there, too. So but Spongebob personal digital assistant, You know, that's the thing.
0: Yeah, and see the funny thing is that term PDA it, beca- it started becoming like genericized and um, you know the, Ooh, there's the, new- the Rex the Zircon Rex, remember those? Yep, and uh, because yeah. but those are those are what I would correctly categorize as these were organizers which orga- yeah. organizers are PIMs personal information managers. They have contact they have the things that you the Palm you know ended up Palm was a PDA because. It was a PIM PDA, but it was it was really more of a sophisticated little computer because you could get apps for it and it could do some other things. But some of these other these organizers, they you know anyway, that's another discussion. Yeah, it, they the were more limiting. It's yeah, it's like
1: uh Yeah, and but they, they all fell in the same um bucket. Of devices for most general consumers, yeah, it can keep my telephone numbers. It can keep addresses. It's all the same. Who cares if it does or does not run solitaire? Yep, you has got to have that. Yeah, that, I think that's a difference. We can make that official. The official difference is you—you you got to play games on a PDA. You didn't play games on a PIM device. So share your random auction. Though. My random auction, <laughs> I'm. I I am not – I'm a big Commodore person, but I'm not familiar with all the variations of the PET. So wow. I'm taking them at their word that this is ultra-rare vintage Porsche-style Commodore PET, the 8096 computer. Um, I mean it looks great. It looks like it's something it would be in like a 70s sci-fi movie.
0: Oh yeah, Did we ever talk about – didn't we talk about this one other time and someone corrected us or they, they said where – so the person's name was Port, Porsche that designed this but it was you know porsche obviously makes cars right yes but something like they ha- they also have a subsidiary that designs other things and and that's who designed this so so not not okay porsche, the so automobile not, company but you know it, something like that do you remember like, us talking about like that body by fisher for cars right or there's a company like that. that designs yeah. the stuff right it's it, it
1: does sound familiar. Um, we have to go back in the archives and listen, uh, but or yeah, it, it does sound or something. But anyway, go ahead. But here it is. This is, uh, yeah, I guess it's very rare. I, I, nobody bid on it yet. Well, it's to buy it now, so nobody. It's bought really it yet.
0: really cool, though. I mean, I definitely think it's really cool looking. Nine
1: hundred ninety nine pounds. Which what's the conversion rate? Ooh. So we're talking about twelve, thirteen hundred, maybe fourteen hundred. Yeah. US
0: it's funny, I'm tired, and I honestly was seeing it as 99 pounds at first, and I was kind of going, Well So I'm going to buy it right now. (laughs) And then 97 pounds shipping to the U.S., you know, that's not too bad. And now, you know, now I'm focusing. Yeah, yeah. Now, he says it's a rare opportunity
1: to own such a rare and sought-after computer in good working condition, very good condition for the year 1980, seller refurbished, nice, crisp, and clear display. And it, it, it certainly does have a nice... Crisp and clear display. He says shows only 15k RAM, and I don't know if it's because of overhead. He says it might have some faulty RAM ICs. I don't know if the Commodore machine's reported
0: working memory. I thought he refurbished it.
1: Better work. Yeah, like
0: perfectly. It worked,
1: right. <laughs> um, but and a very low serial number, 92. He even includes a video at uh, on, on YouTube if you want to see what it's like when it's running so the next best thing to being there i'm not going to run it right now but 15k re- see i i don't remember if Commodore machines tested and limited the memory I, th- I thought they just reported the
0: mapped memory whether the memory was good or bad was a different story hmm. and i was trying to look it up because this is in the uk I guess it is different. So, because I thought that maybe this was called the B series for the U.S., but apparently the CBM two was the P and the B series. I think the case is similar, and was a little later. Yeah. Um. Anyway, this looks great. I mean, it 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 does. It looks like the yeah. It looks like the like you you know you get a few of these and you you could set up your space station for your movie set or whatever. There you go. Space 1999 bridge. Oh, yeah, we're great for that. <laughs> it is really cool looking, though. I-, I definitely like the look a lot. That would be a neat thing just to have. A- See, that would be, even if it didn't work or whatever, that would be a cool thing just to have as a static display, which I know you you love old TVs and radio stuff. and. Oh, know, yeah, have- the designs. I- I'd love to be able
1: to take one of my old computers and put it into like an Art Deco style case, but you know, to me that would be bastardizing it. And
0: I know you inspired me. Probably about a year ago or so. You're and, uh, do you remember I bought yeah. I bought a 1958 Motorola television and it doesn't yes. work, but but it's really <laughs> oh. sharp looking. I have it in my living room and it's
1: in the know. past three weeks. I bought an Admiral black and white television uh, for about thirty bucks, and it's like it's 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 a 13 inch or 12 inch screen. But yeah. it's not it's not very deep. It's got like a, a kind of a collapsed picture tube. Huh. And it powers up and stuff. I was going to hook up a, a ZX81 to it. Wow. Uh, it only has a, a, the 12-channel tuner, 2 through 13. It does not have UHF. What years it is it from? Uh, 60s, I believe. Admin um, is a great American brand. It is. And it's tube-based, so it, you know you smell those burning tubes when it powers up and... Yeah, you, know, you hear the whine of that flyback transformer. The only thing I didn't do, and it's in great physical shape. I just, you know, I turned it on. I get some static. I was actually going to set it up on my front porch playing static uh, during Halloween, but wow, I didn't have cool. a whole bunch of other stuff set up that would make it part of a bigger image. Uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah, it, someday.
0: Uh, and by the it, way, I don't know if you've looked at it, but um, there's some great. There's a couple of guys, a few on on YouTube, that restore TVs, and that's that's some good entertainment. I've spent a lot of time. Where have you ever checked any of these out? There's some guys on there, and they've beautifully restored an old TV, and then and then somehow I guess they interface them to like a VHS player or whatever, and then they play um, era appropriate stuff on them. Yeah. Once you. And then it's like like you're really watching this 1956 TV with
1: 1956 programming. I've I've seen something like that. I'm sure there's more than one uh, person or group that's doing that stuff. But, yeah, it is is cool stuff, especially if it's like an old wooden TV and they refinish the wood. But, yeah, the TV itself is NTSC. It always has been, and it's compatible with color signals, even though it's displaying black and white. Which you couldn't um, even
0: try to get a modern signal until now. You just put, you just put,
1: yeah, well, you know, and I have a thought for that. Um, you can get, and I don't know the legalities of it, but you Not can like build a t- transmitters. Yeah. Very low power. You should make it very low power, but I believe the FCC is really cracking down on those old bands, frequency bands, because they're being reallocated for other purposes. But... I I would love to have a channel two transmitter that just goes as far as my house Mm -hmm. and then I can play stuff or even stream something, you know, continuously and then just tune it in on any of the TVs in my home. That would be nice. Or if I can build an antenna just right, I can probably put an antenna on the output of a VCR that will create some measure of amplification, but it will be very, very short range. It's not very high power. Um, but they do have those they they used to have those old uh, antenna amplifiers that you put in series with your antenna that could work Uh, you could probably take the output of a VCR the the antenna output plug it into an antenna amplifier and on the other end tie it to an antenna and you would be radiating a a very low power signal that you might be able to pick up within a few feet Um, or you you just hook the devices straight up to the output of the VCR and it will do the same thing, but you know, it'd kind of be cool to be able to turn on like these portable TVs and stuff and just pick up a broadcast from within your own home. The only thing that would be the problem is, is the legalities of it. If there's any law that lets you use up to a certain amount of power for yeah. like they have those, uh, low power FM stations that you don't really need a license for. It'd be great if you had low power TV.
0: All right. So, um, so again i would uh even if i only have a passing interest look at that at youtube at least spend a few minutes checking it out because it's kind of it's kind of fun and interesting i know me i'll look at the
1: one then i'll go to the next one and <laughs> yeah beard and you know uh it won't get out of, out of the room and you know i'll starve to death because
0: i'm so interested in them <laughs> i'll get obsessed with watching it so our last computer for the show is my uh, random auction not related to the PDAs and stuff so I found a really nice auction a really nice machine a vintage Heathkit H8 computer which this is one of the early machines that came out Uh, of course Heathkit was an established company making all kinds of electronic kits and this is uh, their first uh, digital, fully digital computer. So I want to say seventy-seven. Maybe this came out seventy-six. Maybe earlier, because uh, this is in line with like the earliest, like Altairs and M-size and all that. A lot of great pictures here. Look how beautiful and clean it this is, is. In great shape. Yes. I mean, really. Look at the circuit boards and just everything about it. It's just really. The only thing
1: it wore out was the Heathkit logo on yep, the back. On the, the back on the back.
0: On the front, it's good. <laughs> but if you 1979 look, nineteen seventy-nine for some of the boards. So. Oh, maybe so. If you look at the, uh, in the output and testing, oh, it's it, so clean, it's pretty neat. So, uh, it says working HeathKit H8 computer with Heath 8080 CPU board, DG Electronics 32K RAM. Oh, yeah, so obviously, you probably he upgraded that, I guess, later on. And the Heath H8 5 serial cassette card, the system works, and I was able to run the test program that displays your H8 is up and running. See pictures. I was also able to test by attaching a disk drive and console, not included in the sale, and booting HDOS. So the serial card I.O. works. Nevertheless, this system is sold as is due to age. This unit has a serial number of 736. That's got to be low. That, that is medically low. very clean inside and out. I believe that the chassis has been painted at some point with a satin black to match original documentation and software for the system available online. I will pack, pack carefully and include foam padding. Um, so it's at 105.50. Currently, with a uh, five, almost six days ago, um, yeah, to, it'll go up. Yeah, to me from Auburn, Virginia, it's only thirty-two fifty shipping, very reasonable. Twenty-one thirteen for me. From a uh, you know fifty-one hundred percent feedback, that's reasonable, established, good. You know, you can kind of tell a good seller yeah. right away.
1: It, plus, it's clean. I mean, he took all the cards out, and you can see the yeah. chassis is
0: still in great yeah, shape. The, see, you'd be dumb not to do that because you know to. to Entice people that want to buy it. They'll see everything. If you know anyone who would really want to buy this, like uh, locally, let's say, and serious, they would do exactly this, like what the seller's smart enough to do for them. in pictures: take the lid off, take the cards out, look at them, power it on. Does it work? Well, how's it? Right? Exactly. You would not instead want to of say all that stuff. Say say it worked when I put it away. Yeah.
1: And then don't see that you put it away thirty years ago.
0: But a very, a very nice, uh, and I did see there were a few other online on eBay too. I think one of them was like a thousand dollars. Buy it now, so, um, so so these things that go for some money, we'll see how much this one goes for. So Absolutely. what do you think? Wonderful um, shape. So what did we what did we figure out? What do you think the Tandy's ZPDAs and KCO Zoomers and stuff probably working clean? Just the unit themselves, what hundred uh, bucks? Yeah, about a hundred bucks. Maybe, then, if you have more things, if or you can find them, boxes especially good condition, then I guess you know,
1: probably not much more than that. You know, maybe ten or twenty bucks more, but that's yeah. it. For for the device itself,
0: I could see like uh, you know the Zoomer or the ZPDA like an especially clean, nice condition. And I'm not talking about like you know brand new, never been used, hardly, but in the box, really nice condition, and all the stuffs with it. You know, and again, a smart seller who has it all laid out nicely and a lot of nice pictures and showing it works and showing all this, it could. I think it could maybe go a little bit higher, maybe closer to 200. Yeah, especially since eBay lets you put 12 pictures up. Yeah, it's all it's all about you know demand and you know, demand from collectors and stuff. Now the data rovers, I don't remember how much were they selling that. How much did they? Oh, it didn't work though in that one, right? Yeah, was that the fifty dollar one? Yeah, I'm clicking back on it, but yeah, fifty bucks buy it now, but um, it didn't work. But I bet you you could get this thing to work pretty easy. I should sell one of them. I have two now, so I should maybe sell one or trade you one. I don't, <laughs> I don't, need don't know to. what I have. Yeah, there's another one. There's another one on there. It says new open package for 110 dollars. Buy it now with packaging and everything. That's a little much, I think, because again, this is just sort of, a, sort of a unknown device. But let's just go with it. Let's say that maybe it's worth anywhere from 50 to 100 bucks. Yeah, fair enough. And then, uh, you know, your the Marco. I think that you know 200 dollars. Um, I think if it was wor- shown working and really clean and other stuff, as yeah you know, yeah maybe two hundred, but probably less.
1: Yeah, part of it is it's it's usefulness. I mean, can you put it to use, or, or are you one of those collectors that has to have every variation of something that's out there? It's going to be worth more to you that way, especially for something as obscure as the ones we were trying to find today.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now you got to wonder a. Uh, uh, Clean working pin pad. Uh, it's got to be worth something, right? They're pretty rare.
1: Plus the, the it features it has, the the backlit display. Right, that that that's the one that had the backlit display.
0: Yeah, the uh, the um the Data Rover did, and the the Magic Link or whatever. The, the I'm pretty sure the pin pad did not. Like the earliest okay. Newtons, it wasn't backlit. So,
1: oh, dogs are running upstairs. <laughs> must be must be dinner time
0: all right so i almost time to back it up so uh as you put nothing new in facebook so nothing really no, no, it was a little quiet no no emails but we did get a, a good little uh, uh tweet or retweet from on twitter and it's from newton talk so at newton talk is a twitter account and that that person said the latest at history pc podcast includes a mostly accurate shout out to the newton platform <laughs> All right we got it right <laughs> mostly but I, w- I wonder what we didn't get exactly right oh there's a lot to talk about in, in our short format yeah but uh newton talk if you're listening maybe maybe uh, write us a little email or do a do an audio quick mp3 to us and uh and we'll play it yeah tell us what we didn't get right or or um correct us but or yeah, add more information but it's good to have some feedback and um, go, go check out Newton Talk and um, oh yeah I was going to mention let me go there real quick I was going to mention that uh, person's web page well newtontalk.net and uh, so here's a fan site for uh, the Apple Newton and it's got a little bit of different information here uh, see my oh these are links to other people's web pages the Apple Newton's pretty cool if you're interested yeah, it's PDA one thing I've only, only ever get one. I've only ever touched
1: one for about 10 minutes because somebody showed me what it was all about. but it, it, Newton's something that I probably know the least about. <laughs> yeah and, Well, uh, except next to the uh, Marco.
0: Let's see. All right, so that's all we got for this time. Um, so we're gonna try to stay on on uh, track and, and schedule so that makes our next show 52 posting uh, in two weeks on Friday, December 2nd. And Jeff, you and I are going to break out of our regular format next time and we're going to surprise our listeners with that. Oh, are we going to do dance tunes? We're going show to, tunes. We're going to jump out of the uh something I already know what we're moving into after that show. But next show we're gonna do a little something special. Maybe maybe holiday related. What do you think? Sure, why not? Yeah. That'll work. So, find all of our show notes at historyofpersonalcomputing.com. dot com. Send feedback to feedback at historyofpersonalcomputing.com. dot com, and uh, of course, other ways of getting a hold of us is uh, you can email us, like I just said, or you can uh, leave feedback on the uh, our blog posts, you know, for the podcast as well as on Facebook. And uh, and we again, we'd love to get more feedback, and especially if anybody records it, we'll play it. Um, and we do have a Facebook page at uh, History of Personal Computing. Just look that up on Facebook. I have a Twitter feed and then of course go to the probably the most active and busy forum for vintage computing fans the vintage computer forum. Do you go there very much? I did just now. I kind of drop in there regularly. I don't post very often, but
1: um they have RSS feeds. I need to add that to my yeah, feed burner. That's half the reason why I don't remember to go back to some of these things because I
0: forget to put their RSS feed
1: in you know my feed what? burner
0: maybe maybe our, like our little news section of course we talk a little bit about ourselves maybe we ought to both try to like just like mention something we see in the forum that might be good oh I'm all for that yeah like highlight something from the forum each time what do you think oh that'll work yeah absolutely
1: like this one about Novell you. Network
0: huh?
1: <laughs> like this one about Novell
0: Network <laughs> what's that is that something I'll... that that Microsoft Networking uses <laughs> no my Yeah, no. Actually, they wouldn't have the biggest competition, and that's the other the other BlackBerry of the industry, right? Novell, Netware, they were huge. They were huge at one time. I guess they they were,
1: and it was like confusing Uh, network NLMs. It took me a while to figure out what those were all about, and how to configure, and how to do networking, and then how one the, the last time I worked with it, you had one server, one system that acted like a server. Uh, to the rest of the peer network.
0: Yeah. But, right, right.
1: And you can still use it as a machine, as a as a as a um right, a workstation. Computer.
0: Yeah. But you, didn't you want couldn't to do that. map
1: the same drive letter from that machine that everybody else would map.
0: Right. Because it's really it was weird. Being so, tied up.
1: Yeah. It was yeah. And if you're running and if the person running that system needed to use that software and that software can only be installed on the network because it uses a certain drive letter well one person is not going to be able to use it Uh, and that became a problem
0: plus if the person at that computer running the Novell server if they sneezed everybody <laughs> lost <laughs> that's right the printers the network
1: print <laughs> yeah. that, that, that 300 page job stopped printing you had to restart it
0: <laughs> I used to work at a little company uh, not that little but small company in Jacksonville Florida in 1998 97 to 98 so I worked there about a year and it was I remember it was interesting because it was almost entirely Macintosh and sort of my boss they were just kicking up a web page and a uh, and and I was doing uh, I was actually doing the web page, which was kind of new to me at the time. But that was kind of neat. Um, I didn't go on to ever be really be a webmaster. But um, so mostly Max and the guy who was my boss. He had man, he had like self created all the back end, if you will, of running this company. It was a uh, most uh, at the time you know, you have your your news, major newspapers right. And again, this yeah. is nineteen ninety seven ninety eight. So newspapers were still reasonably dominant you know they hadn't started dying out yet but then um, you have these other smaller newspapers and by law um, when things happen in the court systems they have to be published for the public right and so so this was called um, trying to think what it was called but one of their one of their big markets was um, the city of Jacksonville would publish their like their official announcements and court stuff and all that in this newspaper. It was like the the paper of public record. But then they also the Business Journal, sort of like that.
1: Okay. Anyway, yeah. it
0: doesn't really matter. But but everything was Mac and everything was a FileMaker Pro database run, and um, and pretty pretty cool the way everything did work way. But all the but the networking was was this. This one Windows box running NetWare <laughs> <laughs> for all the Macs. I remember that. Uh, did it use Apple talk I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember now. But uh, it must have, right? Had to do something. Well, it was cause... Ethernet? It would have been Ethernet based. Okay. Right? I think it was. Well, I guess yeah. it depends on the year. Like I say ninety-seven, ninety-eight. I think it was Ethernet. Anyway, enough of that. Well, we gotta e- wrap it yeah,
1: up. Yeah, Ethernet's been around for a while. I remember. Yeah, Net NetWare. Um, it, there was also 10Base 2 the, the Coax stuff that was very popular at the time
0: yeah I mean I remember my Mac wasn't wasn't like state of the art or anything but it was okay not too terribly slow but I was like doing the web page, but then some of the people just doing the more mundane stuff there they were using like LC's and all this like early 90's stuff which was getting pretty pokey at the time
1: but was, well, I did some programming on an LC too nice thin um pizza box computer
0: so that is going to do it for this episode remember caveat emptor let the buyer beware and always fully research all of your purchases and sellers first before buying on ebay call
1: the fbi get their record make sure they're clean sellers
0: and on craigslist yes cash only meet in a public place (laughs) (laughs) that's right pack heat
1: no, no trades.
0: <laughs> <I can't. laughs> yeah, there, well, it was just something in the news.
1: I think something else in the news, right? Didn't someone... Set a sniper up hundred yards away, just did, in case. Did you yeah, hear
0: about that? I think someone got killed just recently. I don't know if it was regional or local here or whatever, over some Craigslist thing.
1: The, the sad part of that, there's going to be copycats. Yeah, but nobody trusts anybody. It seems so. Uh, Yeah, public place where a lot of people, Walmart parking lot. You never go wrong. There's always going to be somebody there.
0: Yep, or Starbucks, things like that.
1: Starbucks, too. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, good night. Good night. I'll see you later. Bye.